Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Just the Basics. I'm Tommy. I'm Matt. And uh, we're keeping the beat once a week for you, except for this week. It's twice this week because of some technical difficulties. Um, Oopsie daisy. We're going to finish up our episode that we published on Monday. Um, Yeah, it it was crazy. I was editing the audio and everything looked so perfect. And all of a sudden I get to the end and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Because I look and I see Matt's audio just stops and mine keeps going. I'm like, this is bad. So we had some sort of recording issue happened where we lost a whole bunch of audio but that's okay we're gonna we're gonna finish it now for you yeah my internet connection decided that you guys were going to uh get left off with a cliffhanger so <laughs> i guess so hey that makes it more fun music right? is more all about tension build up and and uh and a cadence so this is your just the basic cadence <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny so hopefully this ending will be better than the last one <laughs> hopefully i mean now we've got some a little bit of a better setup, so this should never happen again. Although it is kind of funny that it uh, it cut off when it did. It's, I guess it's better than halfway through or something. <laughs> we still gave you a, quite a hefty bit of an episode last time. Yeah, it made it pretty easy to make a clean cut. And then we've been wanting to record a mini episode for a while now, so I guess it gave us a good opportunity to do that. So we got all the way to number two. We finished talking about number two. And then we just kind of left you guys hanging. So we're going to talk about number one this time. Our favorite film Drum score roll, of all please. time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think that both of us kind of consider this a, a number one. If Tommy made a list, I feel like he would yeah, put it there too. This would be number one on my list too. I probably would have had a few differences, mostly just because I'm listened. sure you would have. Well, I watch different types of movies than you, so I would have included a few other things. Um, right, but this still would have been my number one, just because it's such a huge body of work. You have—I mean, I don't want to give it away before we say it, but no I, spoilers. I—I I feel like we, it couldn't go either way, and everybody can probably guess what we're about to say. Don't uh, force the spoilers. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know what we're gonna say, you probably haven't met us. <laughs> I um, have a new hope in. The future of our podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. All right, well, let's go ahead and just A good it episode. We, this will be it, Will. Wait. I, crap. Wow. <laughs> nice try. That was Wait, close. Wait, hold up. <laughs> eh, whatever. Okay, if you didn't get it, Star Wars. Star Number Wars. One. Yes. Star Wars. Da-da-da-da. <laughs> so, yeah, like, what I was going to say, it's such a big body of work, I don't know how we couldn't put it as number one, because... Every single movie, well, it's the same composer for all of them, but it's like just so perfectly composed for all of them, yet they're so related, yet different enough, you know, it's it's incredible. Yeah, uh, John Williams is the master of everything. Like in my list, I probably could have filled up half of it with John Williams, uh, uh, his work in film, just because of the level of uh, composition that he... um, that he writes at I if I had to choose of one composer of the 20th century that I think uh deserves to be in the history books above all else I'd probably pick him there's some really incredible uh like large form orchestral uh composers through all that time I mean we have all the minimalism and some abstract stuff and we have all the other film uh score composers but I I kind of think of him as he's the uh 
the biggest, doggiest of them all. And uh, that isn't to say that I wouldn't want some jazz guys in there, but this guy can, he can work an orchestral composition like no one's business. And it seems like a, it, almost like he uh, approaches it with such minimal effort. And there's a, there's a story that I wanted to tell you guys, and uh, I'm going to have to say it again. So hopefully I tell it better this time. Um, <laughs> who knows how I told it last time. All right, here we go. So there's a little old young Johnny. I don't know how old he was at this point. He was probably old then, but uh, everyone is <laughs> in Hollywood is old forever. But It feels like that, um, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, they never go. They never, ever do. Um, Mace Windu has been 85 years old for a century, and he can still kick everyone's butt. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, John Williams was a, a young composer uh, in his career. He uh, was a jazz pianist. He'd written for different orchestras, done small movies. He didn't. He uh, hadn't really gotten off the ground so much on the the uh, the big screen with bigger films yet. And um, it was very very close to Star Wars's uh, premiere. Uh, I don't know the exact time frame. I just know that George Lucas fired whoever was working on the uh, the score before. And uh, because it wasn't satisfied with the tone that was being used and he found John Williams and asked him to do it and gave him a week to um, to present something that would uh, that would work for the upcoming premiere. So John Williams in his house right at his piano uh, wrote the entire Star Wars score and uh, brought it in and offered it up. And George Lucas sat down in the theater and at the the moment with that classic orchestral blast that uh, blows your face off every time you're in the theater and watch a Star Wars film, George Lucas got up and walked out of the room saying it's perfect and didn't even get to the uh, the actual theme or anything like that. That's how the story goes. It might not be what actually happened. George Lucas is notorious for being a micromanager, so I wouldn't be surprised if he sat through the entire film and... Williams had to rewrite everything so that a CGI dinosaur had a theme, but it's a cool story nonetheless. And it makes sense that at that point it would have been so that, that moment in the film when, uh, the force awakens released, it brought tears to my eyes and I'd forgotten how much I loved star Wars. And that's why I ended up seeing that movie in the theater like seven times while it was, (laughs) yeah, I think I saw it two or three times once with you. No, we yeah. went and saw it twice, and then I went with Michaela. Yeah, we saw, saw it, it at least two times together. Yeah, then I went and saw it with Michaela. So, yeah, I saw it three times in the theater. Yeah, it was so fun. And um, I love every single Star Wars movie that's been uh, that's been made. I'm one of those that doesn't mind that the prequels aren't exactly uh, the best film-wise. Like, I understand that they have their major shortcomings and uh, cringy moments and all the memeableness and, but it doesn't really matter to me because I still love the story and the universe that uh, Star Wars is in. And I appreciate everything about it and think it's all fantastical and uh, even all the cringy moments. They're so lovable. I mean, every time that uh, Ewan McGregor says something that's snarky, how can you not love that? And in a weird way, Hayden Christensen and his uh, not-so-great acting as Anakin just made so many lovely, lovely moments to look back on. 
like how he hates sand so much. <laughs> but uh, it, all all of the uh, the films, I feel like they still feel like top notch movies when I watch them, even in their worst moments, because it's all backed up by John Williams' score, and there's all these um, themes along the way, uh, melodic themes or or even harmonic sometimes and tonally that are connecting points of the story and offering little motifs that I, that uh, will establish rather emotional themes or they um, give hints about characters. They reveal little story points. Like uh, one of the big ones is in the uh, scene where uh, Palpatine is talking to Anakin about the tale of Darth Plagueis and is uh, blah, 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 all about that. In the background, uh, the music is a guttural Australian singing that um, is singing the theme that is then used to indicate Darth Sidious, which everyone knew that that was Sidious at that point. It's not like it was a big surprise, but um, it still is a cool way that the art is put together in a very Wagnerian way where there's this uh, space opera sort of a thing that... Mm -hmm. Um, follows in Wagner's style of using leitmotifs to um, enhance a story musically along with the the uh, the visuals, right? Yeah, and uh, that all of that put together with costuming and characterization and the visuals and the acting and the music they uh, they refer to that as the Gesamtkunstwerk and. In my opinion, Star Wars is kind of like a modern Gesamtkunstwerk. Like everything put together creates a this big um, entertainment experience for the uh, the watcher. And the music is uh, it it takes the cheesiness of everything in Star Wars and it just makes it wonderful. Like makes it you epic. Can't really hate it. If, if if you're if you're a real grump, I can understand if you want to hate on the prequels or if you want to hate the solo me movie or whatever, which I don't think John Williams did that score, but I still loved it. I didn't care. It's Star Wars. And uh, or if if you want to hate on The Last Jedi for its issues, whatever, you're like, OK, but for those like me that just really enjoy being in the uh, in the world of Star Wars and seeing things happen and just smiling and feeling like a kid again, that uh, the amount of effort that John Williams puts into these stupid stories is so respectable. I don't think he actually likes the movies. If I if I've heard right, he actually doesn't like them at all. But he still puts that much effort into a uh, perfect work of art. Right. So. It, you you can't help but respect the fact that he respects his own music and his work enough to give us something that's fantastic and beautiful alongside something that is kind of stupid. I mean, I think Star Wars is awesome, but when you think of it big picture wise, sure. Okay. Wine, wine, wine. <laughs> right. Metachlorians. Skywalker's now a grumpy old dude that died. Oh no. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's pretty impressive. Um, I looked up his age because you had mentioned that. So he was born yeah, in 1932. Yeah. So he's 87 right now. And the first so Star Wars 40s. released was in 77. So he was like 45 when that was released. 
So he had gotcha. already done a couple films. Like he did Jaws. And that was released like okay. two years before. Yeah. I didn't realize he did Jaws. Yeah, he had gotten um, some experience before that with Spielberg before. And since Spielberg and Lucas were buddies, it kind of makes sense that uh, they'd end up working together eventually. Led to stuff like Indiana Jones. I'm pretty sure he did E.T., which is after Star Wars. But I think uh, that's accurate. I think so. I, d- I don't know everything in the world and I have a terrible memory, so I, I never re- want to act like <laughs> I can remember all those little facts. But John Williams has worked on so much that it's understandable that you wouldn't remember his entire catalog. Yeah, but Google does. <laughs> yes, yeah, he does. did do E.T. Okay. Um, yeah. I didn't know this. He did uh, Harry Potter the Sorcerer's Stone. Well, I I don't know if he did everything in Sorcerer's Stone. I just know that uh, the one thing that he did for sure was Hedwig's theme, and that's like that's why they use that for gotcha, uh, okay. like all the previews and the trailers because it's the one thing that they still have rights to that John William, Williams actually wrote. Because I know that that was a thing that they didn't use him after that, but they always kept that. Uh, that melody gotcha. theme. So he probably still got writing credit for all of those. Yes. So he, he's like listed as uh, the film, the composer for pretty much all of the movies, even though he hasn't touched most of them. Gotcha. That would make sense. That's the way to do it right there, man. Right. Yeah, that really somebody just be wants so and... good that you can write like two seconds of melody and suddenly you just get checks in the mail. <laughs> that's, that's the way to do it. That's the life. I, saw, I mean, every time that uh, you hear da, 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 John Williams gets paid. <laughs> I saw a songwriter that I know um, posted a picture, well, a half of a picture of a check that he had gotten in the mail for a royalty check for a song that he had written. It was $5. <laughs> Yay. But hey, at least he got paid his $5. That's a lot of money for a royalty check. Yeah. I guess it depends on who you are, right? <laughs> hey, sometimes those checks end up being pennies and there's no reason to cash it. You can just kind of throw it at a shredder. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, Keep your dang three cents. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else we want to talk about for John Williams and Star Wars? Or I think we're pretty much covered how we feel about it. Yeah, I, I think we, uh, we've gone over that enough. Just... If you haven't seen those movies because you think it would be nerdy, then shame on you. Because if you uh, if you live on this earth, you have no excuse not to at least watch uh, the first three movies, the original trilogy. Yeah, I'll let you go on all the others, but just shame on you and your family if you have refused to watch Star Wars for so long. Because come on, that music is just lovely and. Mm-hmm. And that There's was actually so much our to listening enjoy recommendation. That's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. That was going to be our listening recommendation of the week to watch a movie. <laughs> a little bit different, yeah. but watch a movie and see how much you notice the music. Go uh, here. Here's my recommendation: go grab your favorite movie, pop that in, and listen for the music and see what kind of style you feel the uh, the composer was writing. Where they writing kind of like the Annihilation guys that let the music change and build over time in the movie. 
that would be pretty cool if you found movies that did that, because that's not very frequent. Uh, do you have guys like Hans Zimmer that they have quite a lot of, uh, they like the timpani? <laughs> uh, <laughs> or is it John Williams where it actually has uh, the leitmotifs with character themes and uh, story themes in the actual writing that uh, you can follow along and find little tidbits of mystery along the way because the music will tell you the message. Hmm. I was going for an Obi-Wan thing, but I'm pretty sure that ended up sounding more like John Lennon. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually a great idea though. Then let us know what you discovered and what you think. Um, Tweet it to us or send it to us on Instagram or uh, email us, whatever, because we want to know what you think and get some feedback. And let me know if you like The Last Unicorn. Or if you hate me for liking it, <laughs> come at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's too funny. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to our little bonus episode that really finishes our main episode. Um, and uh, comment, like, subscribe, share it with your friends. You know how it all works. So we will see you next week. See you later, guys. Mm-hmm.